morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> you serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. What a great Friday in St. Louis. Weather is nice. The rain has stopped. I walked in in a good mood, Chuck. I was. I was doing fine. Social Bar and Grill, Revis Barracks, right off Highway 55. Five Night of the Fan Company Live from noon until 6. They know how to do it. They kick it off with the coveted hour, the midday grind, Friday edition. Martin Kilkman alongside Charlie Marlowe, and I was was in great spirits, doing fine. I was on the phone outside with Frank, 11 o'clock hour, and then I walk in, and I think we've got too many chairs. Hockey Bob is here. And he's planted at the table, and I said, don't get too comfortable. And he said, oh, you're fine. I said, no, not really, no. Well, you talk about don't get too comfortable. Not only did he sit right next to us, he brought in his own homemade cookies to offer. He took the social bar menu right from me, and then he asked me if I'm going to have more kids. You can't get more personal than what he just did in the last four minutes. Within 30 seconds, he's like, Hey, Charlie, you can have more kids? I'm like, that, that's, that's none of our business, but let's go ahead and answer it for the uh, radio audience. Yeah. So Hockey Bob is here, but stop by anyway. We are going to give away tickets to tomorrow's game, the Blues and Stars, 2 o'clock game. It's a game two of round two, and here's the deal. We are a well-oiled machine, Sure are. he said facetiously. Just come on. Some guys in the parking lot said, I heard you guys talking. I want to get some Blues tickets. So here's the deal. Whether you're in the building or in the neighborhood, come by. Matt Rocchio, our broadcast engineer, you just simply walk up, give him your name and phone number, and at 6 o'clock, Cam Jansen, the popular Cam Jansen, will pick a winner, and you'll be contacted to get those tickets. You can also win a pair online, social media. So make sure you check out. Five Nine of the Fan on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram and MySpace and Gmail, whatever the hell. Check it out. You got a chance to go to the game tomorrow. So come by, say hello, and Matt Rocky will just come on up. Don't be shy, other than Hockey Bob, and get some. Is he eligible? He's probably won before, I would think. No, he's not eligible. He's busy. He's got he's got stuff to do. He's a station employee, he's got other, think, yeah, technically. At this, he's co-host of the Hardline. Grandfather. So did. make sure you stop by our little table here as you walk in. Place is jumping. Social Barn Grill, Revis Barracks, right off Highway 55. Chuck, you were there at the game last night. I was. And I'm a big nostalgia guy. You know, Fenway Park, Chicago Stadium, old school. I miss the forum in Montreal, even though I've never been. But the Enterprise Center right now, you walk in, it's beautiful. The place is jumping. The laser light show. How much fun was that? I'll tell you what. Most interesting thing you saw. (laughs) Well... The Blues victory, of course. I just think that playoff hockey, it's so much fun. It kind of gets the whole city going. And the regular season, it's long. It's 
six months. You got 82 regular season games. But in the playoffs, the buzz starts. And then with each subsequent round, as the Blues advance, the buzz increases. And you're just, you're in there. And the Blues fans are going crazy. Now we're, we're West Virginia fans. We're singing Country Road when and all did, that. When did that start? I mean, I love it, and it's it's great fun. We used to have the guy dancing. What was it, Hillbilly Joe or whatever? Yes, Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe. What what happened to him? That's a good question. Because I, I think I feel like Country Road has replaced Cotton Eye Joe in sort of that same banjo esque vibe of sorts. Anyway, it's a lot of fun in the building, and it looks better than it's ever looked. But all that matters is if the team's good. You know, the best building in the world. Team sucks. Doesn't matter. Right now, both are looking good. And you had a tight game, and early, Ben Bishop gives up the goal to Robbie Fabry, five hole, and I've been listening on the, the show all day long because I really wanted to hear Frank Cusimano and Andy Strickland and Charlie Tuna talk about the bet, and we'll get to that as well. How about Andy Strickland, the top story, <laughs> not being the Blues playoff win, the fact that he was right about a draft pick. So this is pretty funny. Last night, we're getting ready to hold the Blues accountable, of course, after their big 3-2 victory in game one over Dallas. And I see Strick right as we're walking into the Blues dressing room, and I give him the fist pound, and he gives it back, and he goes, best night ever. And I just had the feeling that the Drew Locke, unfortunately, not being drafted in the first round, was higher on his hierarchy than the Blues actually winning the game yesterday. Well, we'll play the now famous, infamous voicemail I received at 1.44 a.m., <laughs> where he may have been in celebratory mode. We'll get to that uh, next week. One thing they're doing here at the, I almost called you Frank. This is, I'm out of, I'm out of kilter because I didn't do my hour with Frank. It's a little weird. It's I a know. little different here today. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's really tough. One thing that's going on right now, NBC Sports Network on the big screen here is playing the Blues game. So for many of you who didn't see the Fabry goal, you should stop by and watch the game with us. We're in the first period right now. And for some of us, this is our first view of what the first few minutes of the game look like. I was complaining via Twitter, and I got called out by a loyal listener who said, what about the moratorium? Different. And I, Thank you. Let's talk about this. Thank you, because Charlie issued a moratorium yesterday and said no more complaining about the 8.30-40 start times, which I think it was 8.45 last night. We just said there's nothing left to do about it. Just skip school, work less, who cares? We agreed to let it go. And then the whole TV debacle began. Some people said it wasn't a debacle for them, but it was for plenty of people. It was people. for me and my household. Full disclosure, yesterday we're there for Fox 2 very early, 4.30, doing live shots, 5 and 6. We're done at about 6.30. The game's still 2 hours and 15 minutes away. I go home for a bit, and I'm watching the beginning of the game from home, and I start to chuckle because I know the game's about to start, and I know that Bruins-Blue Jackets game goes to overtime, but I'm thinking, okay, they take a commercial break. I'm like, that's weird. I'd think you'd go right to the Blues game. People were pissed, rightfully so. I was too. And look, you're in St. Louis. People in Dallas were complaining about that. When I said moratorium, I said on the fact that, look, the NHL has four time zones to deal with. They're trying to have the best possible situation for four different time zones to watch two hockey games, hopefully, every night in the playoffs. It's imperfect, and we as central time zone viewers probably get screwed the most. This was totally different. you got to clean this up. 
Blues fans and Stars fans in their market, you have to be able to watch that game. And it took forever for them to finally switch over. Even when that game ends, it wasn't like they went right to the Blues game. They had them do the three stars first. Go to the Blues game. There was mass confusion yes. because for some people, it was a clean switch. For some people, at the bottom of their screen, it was saying switch to NHL Network. And many people were saying, I don't get the NHL get Network. That. Or saying, I don't know where to find that. It wasn't just, you know, Eleanor and Fred that are 90 going, oh, <laughs> how do I watch hockey tonight? This was across the board. A ton of people who were pissed. It's not Frank Cusimano's fault, but you should still contact I think him it about is, it. I actually. To be fair, it just shouldn't happen. At the, put the damn game on True TV. At least then we can make fun of where's True TV, but we know where the game is. You can't schedule a 6 o'clock start and assume by 8.30 it's done. That it doesn't happen like that. Never The happens. NFL finally figured it out on their doubleheader weekends. You have noon and you have 3.25 because the first game was never over on time. But I'm tell- some people said, what's your problem? I'm watching it now. And I thought, well, maybe at Fox 2 because we have maybe we have a different satellite feed than the person watching on their cable. I don't know. I thought maybe this is just us. It was not. Some guy even said, I'm on Roiku, and I don't know what Roiku is, he said, and I'm not seeing it. And I bought the NHL pack, and he said they're blacking it out in this market. Can somebody explain the NHL's blackout rules because the game is sold out? And it might have been a cable provider question because when this happens, and I'm trying to check out what's going on, I did see on Twitter people were saying on Spectrum it was all good. I have DirecTV. It was not good for me. But then when they say go to NHL Network, I did exactly what you did. I went to NHL Network, and then I was actually surprised that I also don't have NHL Network. <laughs> the only po- How about Chuck just now finding out? Come on, what have you been doing in November and January when Janie May's up late? You're not crushing some late NHL stats? But why would you have MLB Network, NBA TV, NFL Network? Why would NHL Network not be on that same tier? Uh, the only upside was it was it allowed for the return of Corky the Clown. Because TKO last night, we brought back some props. I love And that. I just dumped out a whole box of remotes because that's honestly what we were doing in the uh, Fox 2 Sports Hours. All right, enough complaining. You can vent via the text if you'd like, 855-282-8255. Let's get into a little bit of the room. You were there. Let's, uh, let's start with Binner. That's what they call him, Chuck. They call him Winnington. Uh, Jordan Bennington. On taking the hit, remember that this is about seven minutes ago and the game gets run into. Some people thought it was cheap. Here's Bitter's reaction. I don't mind that. You know, it's playoff hockey and stuff happens. And it was nice to see the boys uh, come in there and, you know, stir it up afterwards. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was, uh, it was a unique play. That doesn't happen too often. And I think we handled it well. The boys stirring it up after. Now was my question to Bennington where he said. But he didn't say, well, Charlie. Because if, if we did... We he said, do I look nervous? I said, I'm nervous asking the question. No. So Binner did not seem to be bothered by the fact. Or I should say, he didn't come out and say, oh, it was deliberate. Whereas when also asked, I believe JT asked Craig Berube about that. Craig Berube did say, absolutely, he thought it could have been avoided. But I think overall, you like to see Petro and Vince Dunn mixing it up and protecting their guy after that hit because you can make the case certainly that Jordan Bennington is the most important player on this Blues team as they make this run 100% and you notice it more in playoff time where players seem to just find a way to clip the goalie 
They feel like way more, way more than you see in the regular season where if that goalie kind of wanders behind the net, that opposing team might just kind of rub up against them. We saw it with Bennington in, uh, was it game one in Winnipeg? Remember that? And it was Shifley, wasn't it, that got a piece of him? Taking just little hits here and there, yeah, little I nicks. I think that's part of the overall playoff strategy. But Bennington, 30, uh, 27 saves, 17 of those happened in the third period. I believe the final score was 3-2, to two. Charlie. I believe yesterday that was the predicted score. By you. By the hockey savant. Craig Berube, after the game, uh, Chief was happy, but also he needs more in game two. I didn't think that we made enough plays. Um, you know, we we got to be better making plays. Our puck puck plays got to be better all game. You know, I didn't think it was great, and we got to be better. You know, they're going to be better next game. We got to be better. Got to be better. Two o'clock, the game on NBC. Do we have hockey, Bob? Do we have an NBC affiliate in St. Louis? It's so confusing. <laughs> two o'clock. Wow. Game two. That was almost. I'll tell you what. I got a media chuckle. I was going to say I hate to interrupt, but. I know Hockey Bob is not mic'd up here, but his media chuckle was almost as loud as Jose Martinez is the other day. <laughs> also, Chief, which it would be better if we could insert, Charlie, to every answer from Chief, since you guys are kind of on a first-name hey, basis. Hey, Chief, I'm in the zone. Uh, Barubi also talked about Robbie Fabry, and there's a guy who was inserted into the lineup late in that first round, gets his first goal. He was close the other night, game six against Winnipeg, but... Gets the opening shot, first shot that Ben Bishop faces. Fabry scores his first goal since November 23rd. We're all real happy for him, you know, to see him playing in the playoffs like this and, you know, see him competing. He's got great jump out there, and then he gets rewarded with a goal tonight. Um, you know, he could have had a couple goals the other night, didn't go in. We all have a lot. You know, he's resilient, staying with it, and that's, you know, um, he's done a great job of, you know, getting back in and, and, and doing a good job and playing well. And we've joked about fourth-line changes when it's the playoffs, everything's magnified. Hey, any lineup changes? Yeah, we're going to call up McEachern. And I've always said those are not major moves. But I've also said, and I believe this, if you're going to have a guy on the fourth line, it could be a Sammy Bleu or a Fabry, I like the fact that it's a Fabry who, when healthy, has much more skill than a typical fourth-line player. And he's a guy who can fly at times, can score goals. He hasn't been able to do that. Obviously, injuries have been a huge issue. But I love the fact that he's out there because you never know when it will happen. Doesn't play a lot of minutes, but he's still somewhere inside. That's still a guy who could be a top-line player. That skill set is still there even though he's been limited. And remember how good he was that rookie year, making the run, being productive, scoring in the playoffs. I know he's had two injuries since then but if you if you remember after the blues win that series and, and they're winning those games over the jets i think it was really cool that they put out the the kind of peek behind the curtain in the dressing room as the captain alex petrangelo's giving out kind of the the game pucks and he gave one to robbie fabry and you can make the case that look they make that change i'm not saying they won that series because of robbie fabry but he does bring as you said a different element to the game he brings energy he scores a a goal last night and I just think if he can get anywhere close to the Robbie Fabry we thought he would be before the couple of, of knee injuries, I mean, that is a really, really talented player that we kind of put towards the back burner this year because of the health issues the last couple of years. How about the quote from Jamie Benton, the Stars captain after the game? He said, that's a good team, a lot different than Nashville. And I thought, wow, it's a compliment. <laughs> 
But also a nice little dig at the Predators, who they just finished off in the first. And Leslie didn't mean it that way. Sure comes off like a dig. Jamie Benson saying that's a good team over there. A lot different than Nashville. We forgot to mention that Jason Spezza always scores against the Blues. That's another guy. He always scores against the Blues. One down. Game two coming your way Saturday at Enterprise Center. We're live today at Social Bar and Grill. Come by. Don't be shy because you could get you could win tickets. Matt Rocchio has his, it looks like, you know, like uh, it's a the, grid, uh, a it's spreadsheet Friday, on paper. Friday night bingo at the local uh, <laughs> Catholic gym. But all you have to do is sign your name and cell phone, and it's six. Matt, it's fine. Pin number. OCD is no, a serious disease. What's it? OCD is a serious disease. Don't joke about it. That's fair. But he has a grid ready for you. Just put your name on the grid, and we'll walk around. Charlie will probably engage it makes some folks. Make sure I can cut here. it up and then put it all in the hat a lot easier. It's true. No, Rain Man, it's fine. I, wow. I, I kind of have Rain wow. Man traits. Wow. I can respect that. My family's called me Greenberg every once in a while because I'll get real detailed about things like around Like Greeny? Okay, call that. No, not, not my You want to make a bet if the Stars <laughs> win, I'll, I'll get a pie in my face. If the Blues win, you have to walk over hot coals. <laughs> what? No, Greenberg, the movie, and I guess that's kind of a random reference that a lot of folks might not get. Ben, I, I haven't got okay, it. Okay, well, Ben, yeah. okay, sorry. Ben. <laughs> Did you get the reference? Why am I Greenberg? <laughs> Greenberg, the movie, is Ben Stiller. And he's a guy who can barely function because he's so OCD. And he's a little odd, clearly, in the movie. But the movie's called Greenberg, and they all kind of refer to you like how you say, hey, Kramer. He's known as Greenberg, but he's super weird. And sometimes around the house, the family calls me Greenberg because I can get a little OCD. So, Rock, you're off the hook. Wonderful grid that you've made here. CBC would be proud. Hold on a second, though. He's not really off the hook because I got here a little earlier. I, I know you're out there in the car doing your, your interview with, with Frank, but Rocchio and I start talking NFL draft because he's a big draft guy, and he actually said back in the day, up until I believe 2016, he used to do full seven-round mock drafts on his own, and he showed me them. I'm yep. talking all seven rounds. Matt Rocchio would do his own mock drafts. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, who didn't back in the day? It was fun. Howard, Howard and I would be up till 3 in the morning debating who Seattle's taking in the fifth round, whether they go O-line or D-line, which is a good segue. But we do want you to stop by and get signed up. We made fun of the grid, but that's how you're going to win tickets to the Bud Light Zone for Saturday's game. Simply stop by 6 o'clock. Cam Jansen will pick a winner. Appliance Discounters, one of our great sponsors, and they are expanding. Big news. June 1st, the new location for the Maplewood-Richmond Heights area. They're all over the St. Louis area now, right in your backyard in Maplewood. They're calling it the Art of Appliance because these are going to be unique colors. If you want your appliance to have a little flair, I would say the majority of appliances are what, white or silver? White, silver, black? I think that's fair. Kind of like Definitely cars. white and silver, it seems like. That's the most I see right now. But in the Deer Creek Plaza, starting June 1st, you're going to have the chance to check out a new showroom from Appliance Discounters, and we'll have a little flair there, those unique colors, the art of appliance. Check them out starting June 1st. But in the meantime, stop by any of those other six locations or on the web, theappliancediscounters.com. Biggest names in the appliance world, GE, Frigidaire, LG, Samsung, all at the lowest prices, theappliancediscounters.com. Also, Triad Bank brings you Take It to the Bank. You can do it with us this Friday at 
55 try it bank take it to the bank how about some bold predictions you know you feeling good after a game one you could alter it instead of saying blues and seven to blues and four you know get bold here or a pick to click for Saturday none of us said Fabry yesterday I had Pareko I'll roll it over I think at some point here a defenseman's gonna have a big goal I'll roll it over but if you want to do a take it to the bank, text us at 855-282-8255. Brought to you by Triad Bank, located in Frontenac. That's in Missouri, not Illinois, no confusion. Right off Highway 6440 at Lindbergh. They're on Clayton. It's one block west of Lindbergh. If you're a business owner, want to do a little more business, talk to the folks who are based here in St. Louis. Triadbanking.com. The problem with the pick-to-click, though, is you always want to choose someone who's not a superstar, so you can kind of be a little bold. When you said yesterday, Colton Pareko, I was thinking, I feel like, I feel like that could be a Ryan O'Reilly game. Sometimes we forget that also the Blues have Vladimir Tarasenko with one of the most deadly shots on planet Earth, and every once in a while he also can take over a game like he did last night. And if you pick Tarasenko, oh, that's really bold. That's you what I'm saying. You're right. you got to go slightly ran. Like Fabry would have been a perfect play last night. And the Jaden Schwartz rally towel was out last night, and as you mentioned, it was a good time for it because he hadn't really done much. They were trying to get him motivated. So Fabry broke the streak, of course, of Jaden Schwartz scoring four straight goals for the Blues. I was listening earlier, and I, I appreciated Andy Strickland when he finally stopped talking about the Drew Locke bet, but he was discussing the fact that Ben Bishop beaten twice in the five-hole last night, and you wonder if, if that just kind of psychologically moving forward here because Vladimir Tarasenko, Strick was saying, goes high glove side so much and you wonder if as a goalie can you cheat one way or the other and the fact that two goals went five hole against Bishop you just wonder now if that's in his head a little bit moving forward if he's kind of thinking about that he's such a great goalie arguably the best in the NHL this year I don't think you're going to rattle him too much but I think making him think a little bit about that certainly can't hurt the Blues moving forward all right here's my triad bank take it to the bank tomorrow's game will be high scoring Okay. That what one, are we talking here, like 4-3? Uh, I'm going to say like 5-4. I just because 5-4. Every once in a while, you know, you just you got to go against the norm. Everybody's picking low scoring most games. You saw it even as good as Bennington is. You had that weird Winnipeg game where they scored six goals, all with him in net, no empty netters there. So that's my triad bank, bold pick. Text in at 855-282-8255. As you're watching that game last night, especially the third period too, it sure seemed like Dallas had a ton of quality scoring chances. And Jordan Bennington did make some big saves, but it also seemed like there were some nets where Dallas just either unlucky or just missed the net. I mean, there were a lot of opportunities, even though you had a two-goal lead there, for the Stars to get right back in that the game. The dreaded two-goal lead. And by the way, the, the goal that made it 3-2, I couldn't tell. I really couldn't. I know a lot of people were mad. They were complaining about the announcers, and they're mad at NBC, and they said that woman broadcasting must be the mayor of Dallas. I didn't hear it that way. I mentioned this <laughs> with Frank. Pierre Maguire gets a lot of crap from a lot of viewers, and I saw him in person a couple years ago. And you swarmed him. No. I saw him leaving the Blues bench after a game, and somebody yelled, hey, Pierre, why don't you give us a break once in a while? And he turned around and went back. He said, who said it? Who said it? And the person cowered, of course, towards the back of the group. He said, who just said that? He said, I'm unbelievably fair. And he said, in the other town, maybe it was Minnesota, he said, they're on my ass too because they don't think I'm – I've never had that vibe. I know Cardinal fans complain every year that it's they're against us. I guess every town does that. 
But watching that replay, I didn't think it was egregious, like the 3-2 goal. Now, Dave Sharp, noted photographer at Fox 2, who's a huge hockey fan, sent me a text this morning and said, watch that second goal. They're clearly offsides, which nobody was focusing on because we were all worried about what happened right in front of the net. And my thing is, look, I get that you're supposed to follow the letter of the law and the language in the rule book. I also like to look at it as, was that a fair goal? Did a team get an unfair advantage? And that's why if you go back to the Braden Shen goal in the previous series, okay, did the, the net technically move a millisecond before? Yes. Would it have changed the play? No. I felt like it would have been unfair if the Blues had that goal taken away in the same way I felt like the Stars earned that goal. I think you look at it, too, and you say, was it egregious? I understand you need to follow the letter of the law, but sometimes I think common sense prevails, and to me that was a fair goal. I agree with that. And the NHL public relations on Twitter will always send out clarifications right after there's a ruling. But I read it. It was really simple. It's like, there was a puck that went in that we weren't sure it was a goal, so we looked at it and it was a goal. I'm like, thanks for the clarification, which really didn't clear up any of the confusion. And then also, I believe, NHLPR, they put out that the, the call in the Vegas series, which of course hinged that, that game in that series at the end, the they said, okay, penalty. the major penalty, four goals were scored by the San Jose Sharks. They said, okay, the call was made correctly, so much so that they didn't allow those officials to officiate the second round. So they, they really were uh, rewarded for that quote-unquote good call <laughs> by not being allowed to officiate the rest of the postseason. Somewhere the New Orleans Saints fans are wearing Vegas Golden Knights jerseys. 100%. Rich Gould said it's now three egregious officiating moments in 2019 that have altered postseason sports. And I thought, wait a minute, you're the Saints thing we all remember, New Orleans won't let you forget it. They changed the rule in the NFL. And he said, and now you got this Vegas deal where it knocked them out of the playoffs. And I said, okay, what's the third? Ooh, ooh. It's it's double dribble. Double, double dribble, dribble. Yes, right? Virginia. Oh, yeah. Virginia. He said, you got a damn national champion <laughs> that benefited. The double dribble, the third egregious play. Hoff has arrived. Brian Hi, Hoffman. Uh, it's merely the pregame for 590 baseball. And Charlie will notice this at the end of the day when he wraps at like 1252. <laughs> and he's like, there really is no point in doing the end of the day. We got baseball next. But maybe a word about uh, Rosalita's, the Cardinals, Uncle Milty. What would you like to talk well, about? Well, Martin, I'll tell you what. Uh, we can talk about two things. Today is uh, Friday, April 26th. Thank you. Next Friday is May 3rd, which is two days before May 5th, which is also called Cinco de Mayo. And next that. Friday, 5 9 of the fans, starting with the morning after, we'll be broadcasting all day from Rosalita's on Washington Avenue. Uh, Rosalita's Cantina is St. Louis's go-to Tex-Mex all throughout the year, but on May 5th at a St. Louis's go-to Cinco de Mayo party spot. Watch live music all day featuring DJ music, Mariachi Mendez, STL, and Latin band Vladimir Ferreria. You can ride the mechanical bowl, plus two balloon twisters and two face painters will be there. Tex-Mex margaritas and Cinco de Mayo done, right? It's all happening at Rosalita's on Watch Ave. And, of course, the following weekend, the Cardinals host the Pirates, May 10th to the 12th. Great giveaways all series long, including a Molina Clemente double bobblehead and Mr. Florence T-shirt and a Cardinals crossbody bag. Get your tickets today at cardinals.com slash promotions. You mentioned that, Vladimir, which reminded me of Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Ooh, thank, thank you for, you support. for support. <laughs> the best response last night <laughs> to my Twitter pick holding all these remotes, I said, sorry, couldn't answer the phone. 
Somebody wrote back and said, don't worry, it was only Mike Lee. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that means somebody gets it. They're paying 100%. attention. Hey, come on by. Beautiful Friday in St. Louis. Baseball later tonight. Cards and Reds, three-game series. Miles Michaelis is on the mound following up his uh, great start last Saturday. We went eight innings. Michaelis on the mound. DeScalfani maybe for the Reds? Yes, sounds sir. right. I should probably Anthony. know that. Yep, sounds right. Cards and Reds. Cards currently the best team in the National League. They've won five in a row. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the draft and the Drew Lock. Outside of the slop and outside of the uh, the great debate with Frank, Tuna, and Strick. A couple of thoughts on that. We'll come back. Again, live today, Social Bar and Grill. Folks are getting registered as we speak. All we need is your name and phone number. And at 6 o'clock, we'll call the winner. They're going to the Blues game tomorrow. The sky comes falling.